Welcome to the City Collective Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Thanks for being such a jovial bunch this morning. We're really excited to continue in our series called Truly Human, exploring our identity in Christ and what that means for us as followers of Jesus. And this morning, we've got the privilege of having uh, Jeremy King with us all the way from the Way Church, Vancouver. Uh, we had a chance and a couple of years ago, I guess it's almost been a, a year that's passed since it came to a close, but we were part of a, a cohort that... We had the chance to travel and be a part of a couple different moments that were pretty significant, I'll even just say for myself, uh, to, to see what God was up to in different cities and different places and believing that's what God wanted to do in our homes, in our churches, in our cities, uh, whether it was in London or in LA, just to see what God was up to, uh, it, it kind of fills your cup, gets you excited and reminds you that God is most certainly at work in our world. Uh, and so Jeremy and I got to be part of a, a group that got to do just that. And uh, Jeremy pastors with, uh, with a group at the Way Church Vancouver, a great church. If you're in Vancouver, check it out. Uh, we love them. We're really excited that he's here with us this morning. So I'm going to invite him to the stage. Let's give it up. Thanks a lot for having me, you guys. It's really nice to be here. I've heard about, um, heard about this church Talked to Jason lots about it, seen stuff on social media, nice to be in the room, you know? And um, it is a gift uh, to be here. I know that we're in a series right now on understanding who we are as God's people, our identity, the things that he's called us to. And today I want to talk about this beautiful reality that we've been called to be worshipers of God. And more specifically, and a little bit more niche, if you will. I want to talk about the fact that we've been called to be worshipers of God in a corporate setting. And, and hopefully unpack a little bit more of, like, why do we do this? Like, why are we here on a Sunday? Obviously, there's lots of reasons, uh, community and the word. But I want to talk a little bit about um, the call to worship together as people. Um, as, as Jason said, I am now pastoring in Vancouver. But I, um, I actually pastored in Langley for 10 years. And I got, got into ministry when I was like 19 years old. And God's been really kind to me <laughs> as I've just kind of grown up in, in the work of church life. And I feel like, um, yeah, I also feel like he's been kind to me. Is You know, we go through different seasons in our faith where we kind of, something gets built up. And then we decon deconstruct, as this, as, uh, if you'll follow me, like deconstruct pieces of why do we do this thing this way. And, and then even in ministry, the Lord, we're kind of reconstructing those things. And I feel like worship and singing has been one of those things. I've been doing that a lot since I was like 15, 16 years old. And then you kind of ask, like, why do we keep doing, why do we sing together so much? What's all that about? And so I'd like to talk a little bit about that today um, and, and the journey that I've been on in that. I think first, um, I think last week, Jason read from a text in 1 Peter 2, 9, and talks about this idea that we're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God, called out of darkness into his marvelous light, and that part of our purpose is to be a people that declare his praises. And what I want to speak over us before I even get into notes today is just that we, I really do think that uh, a primary thing that we're called to be, not just do, is we're called to be a people of praise. 
And we're called to be a people of, of corporate song even, a people that are not just in this room, but also in this room, people who declare the beauty of what God's done, testify to it, sing about it, talk about it, preach it, proclaim it. Um, and so anyway, so that's a little bit of what I wanted to say off the top. Um, I want to pray and then we're going to get into Thanks so much for the gift of being here. Thank you for um, your word. I pray that you'd help me communicate to these people that I don't know uh, that well. There's a few people I know, but, but largely I don't know everyone's story. I pray this would be helpful for this church community. And I pray that, um, that you would speak to our hearts most ultimately in Christ's name. Amen. So, as I said, I want to do something a little bit different and I want to really offer a defense and explanation today of why we sing together in church. Does that sound good? I, don't, I hope we find that helpful. Um, in one sense, um, it seems like a small part of our job description as Christians. But the more I reflect on it, and as, I've, as I said, as I've deconstructed and then rebuilt things up, I'm like, this is actually a big part of what we're called to do. We're called to be a worshiping people. And, and to sing together and to worship. When you think about it, we spend, depending on your church attendance, we spend 30 to 40 hours a year doing this. So, you know, we're talking about it a little bit. Uh, most is a large percentage of their gatherings. So we might think, okay, 30 to 40 hours in a year, but also a big percentage of our time in this space is dedicated to singing together. And I don't know uh, your personality or what you've done with that or how you process that. Maybe some of you are like, don't like that part, but other parts are good, whatever it might be. Or you're like, I'm not a singer, but seems like a thing we do, and I'm just rolling with it. Uh, or maybe you have like a deep, deep conviction about uh, why we do that. Um, but I, again, I want to talk about why we do that. And some people find it weird. Um, sometimes um, in moments I do too. But if you, if you think about it even from like a, I guess, a, a secular standpoint, if you ever stopped and pondered like what's happening at concerts, and how wild that is. Like just, I know there's like a, like we think, okay, we're singing in church together. Why do we sing so much in church together? But actually we experience the, um, the kind of power of singing together, not just in church, uh, but in a corporate setting at a concert. Um, even if you're singing things of little consequence at a concert, it can be deeply meaningful, like Hey Jude or Na 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 Na, uh, or I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22, and these things can really strike a chord. Um, and they get everyone singing with a kind of conviction that's bonding and unifying and uh, exciting at times. Uh, but then certain songs at concerts strike a deeper chord. They get everyone singing with a kind of conviction you didn't assume was there walking in. And in these moments, people who can't sing on tune don't care. They sing anyway. You know what I'm talking about? You know, we might, uh, I don't know if this is you, but you might be someone like, I'm not singing in church a ton, but you get me in the right song, the right setting, and I'm belting that thing out. And, and while singing, something profound happens. And my, this is like the most classic, not cool thing to say. But my favorite band is Coldplay. It's a really normal thing to have your favorite band be Coldplay. But one of the most standout moments I've experienced is at a concert of like 60,000 people and Chris Martin's leading the charge and everyone's singing and there's this, they have this hit song, Fix You. And the words of the bridge are, when tears stream down your face and you lose someone you can't replace. And one of the most profound experiences of my life, I'd say, uh, was just like standing, hearing 60,000 people that I don't even know sing out these words. And in these moments of singing together words, um, when tears stream down your face, you lose someone you can't replace. There's this communal testimony in the room with thousands and thousands of people and hearts connect and tears are streaming down people's faces. And there's this sense of like, we know what it's like to be human. 
it's crazy. I'm sure you can think of a, another thing like that. Like sing, the point here is like singing has power in our lives. It's a powerful thing to sing together. It's unifying. Um, you feel the power of music and lyric in a corporate setting. And, and what I want to suggest is that God's made it this way. Like, um, you know, worship's much more than a song. However, it's also meant to be a song, and God knows what he's doing as he calls us to be a people of singing and corporate worship together. God's created music to do things in our hearts that unify us, that direct our attention towards a certain thing, that cause us to even recognize, like, man, I don't even know everyone that well, but there's this connection around a truth that we see up on the screen, that we find ourselves singing together, and as we sing, it kind of gets driven deeper into our hearts. It unites us, it moves us, it connects access to ideas and truth, and God knows this because he, after all, made music, so he knew what he was doing. And so we see that um, in his word, uh, God, God tells us to sing together, very aware of these things. Scripture actually contains over 400 references to singing, pretty wild, and some of which are direct instructions for us as his people to sing together or his people throughout history to sing together. And so for the last 2,000 years of church history, singing and music have been an essential part of church gatherings all over the world. And uh, I don't, um, Jason, welcome those who are new. Maybe you're brand new to church or you've been around a while. You've always wondered why we spend so much time doing this. Um, and hear me when I say I think it's something we're called to do, um, to live as people. But I, I really do think that, um, that it's something that we're called to do on Sundays. Like I think we're, I guess... What I want to say is I think we're getting it right when we spend this kind of time singing together. So as I said, um, I, want to, I want to give a defense for why we sing together. And I want to share five reasons why we sing together in church to hopefully bring a deeper sense of why God's called us to be a people who worship in this way. Does that sound good? Five things. Um, I'm going to be fully candid. I'm not nervous, but I'm a little bit sheepish about what I'm going to do. I've shared um, some of this with my own church community, um, but I don't know you. And so I, I don't want it to come across funny, but what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to hop back and forth a little bit from the piano back to here to illustrate some of the things I'm talking about. I'm just giving you a heads up and letting you into how I'm feeling about that. Okay, so five reasons. Why do we sing together in church? What is this thing that God's called us to do? Firstly, we sing to glorify God. Um, part of what we are called to do together um, not just in all of life, but specifically in the room on a Sunday morning, is we are called by God to sing and to glorify God through our song. Revelation says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. What does it mean to glorify God? It does not mean that we make him more glorious through our singing. He's already glorious with or without our worship. He is and will be glorious forever, ever, whether we decide to sing or not. In fact, in scripture, we see Jesus saying, if they keep quiet, the rocks will cry out. Or in the Psalms, we see the image of the trees of the field clapping their hands to worship God. And this paints the stunning picture that if humans choose not to worship God and praise him for who he is, he would still get his worship. Because creation would fill the void, step in, and worship their maker. So if he's already glorious, and if he's going to get worship one way or another, then what does it mean for us to glorify him? And like, how's that part of our job? What does that mean? There's this new song, I don't know if you guys sing it, it's called Holy Forever. And the words are, um, and the angels cry holy, and creation cries holy. 
um, you, are, you are lifted high, holy. And then the next part of the line is, and hear your people sing holy. And, and what I want to note and what I love from this song is that glorifying God is really about us stepping into a song that's already happening. It's stepping into a reality that already exists, entering a gloriousness that already is and agreeing with it. Yet, and I want us to be so clear on this, we really do get to be part of honoring and worshiping the one who's glorious. Isn't that cool? Like, we don't make him more glorious, but there's like, there's lots that happens when we sing together in church, but one of the things that gets to happen is, is you and I, with our actions, with our voices, we get to be part of lifting up God and declaring who he is to the spiritual realm, to one another, to this city, and we get to be voices given breath in our lungs to actually declare what he's like, no matter how broken and imperfect that feels. And I, I'm just learning to freshly see how beautiful that is. People often say worship more than singing, it certainly is, but we also get to worship him through singing. We do, and I, I think it's so basic what I'm saying, but it's actually really important to remember that we engage our diaphragms, our mouths, and our bodies, and it is praise to him. And as human beings, with a measure of faith and real choice, we get to enter in and say, I'm going to be one who praises God in response to who he is and what he's done. And that decision actually does glorify him. Again, not make him more glorified, glorious, but it, but it honors who he is and it describes who he is in the setting that we're in. And I think you guys are a, a beacon, a, um, a lamppost, if you will, in Langley, in this neighborhood. Uh, and again, I don't know, we, we're not unpacking this today, but in the spiritual realm to one another to declare the gloriousness of God in your time. And, and when we do it, we beat the rocks to it, which is kind of fun, uh, or in light of Jesus' teaching. When we sing these songs, we're living out our calling. What's God's call on your life? You know, it's a big question. Like, what's God's call on my life? It's at least this. And I know it's, I know it's far much more. It's obedience. But just a, a helpful thought. Like, I don't know, maybe that's an encouragement to you today. You showed up. Uh, some of you opened your mouths. <laughs> and you sang. And and. And you were, in a way, fulfilling God's call on you to be his people in this city and in this time. And, 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 and not necessarily feeling it or fully getting it, but going, I'm going to choose to worship him in that way. And maybe that's just a fresh encouragement to our hearts. We're doing something. This is part of us living into who we're called to be. And then along with this, as we praise and glorify God, part of what's happening is we're evangelizing. We're, we're telling one another. We're proclaiming in the atmosphere who God is, and we're, we're describing who he is in a world that doesn't, doesn't worship him, in, in, amongst so many that, that don't know he's good, um, or at least as a, as a signpost in a city that largely doesn't know him. Um, in a world that is scrambling for a good leader, we get to declare him as righteous and good, a good king. In a world that doesn't believe he's good, we get to declare he's good. In a world that's exhausted, we get to declare him as rest and peace. Okay, now I'm going to do the thing I was saying I was going to do. something that's happening. 
And so I just, you know, receive it as a fresh commission to your job description. <laughs> like, like we declare him as everlasting, and, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Um, or we sing, You're rich in love, and you're slow to enter in with the song of the church and with the song of God's people and we're actually like lifting up his nature when there's so much un- misunderstanding of his nature and we're worshiping him as he ought to be worshiped. Isn't that a, like it's a privilege. I'm kind of preaching to myself. I'm like reminding myself today, man, what's a privilege? Like you're rich in love. You're slow to anger. And you are good. to be, we're reminded of how glorious he is. So what's cool is like, I mean, we're, we're going to get to the stuff that's actually just, we sing for one another too, but part of what we do is as we, as we walk in our calling to declare the greatness of who he is, we are strengthened and reminded of the things we are And this is the inward gift of getting our attention on God. Um, God and Bob Coughlin uh, wrote a helpful book on worship when worship matters, and I like how he says it. He says, um, problem is we lose perspective easily. So God needs to become bigger in our eyes. He never changes in size. It just seems that way. Isn't that real? So as we gather and we like fulfill our part of our calling and we worship Jesus and we declare who Yahweh is and who he's revealed himself to be, one of the byproducts is we are reminded of things we've forgotten. And that's a beautiful gift. There's this song, Psalm 121, and um, it's, um, it's, I, it's, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. And I just, one day, I forget when it was, early 20s, I was taught, like, what that psalm was historically. And it was, like, the people of Israel would, would walk up, like, it was one of the psalms of ascent. So they'd walk up through the mountains, and it wasn't like us looking up to Golden Ears or Baker and going like, man, God made that. That's cool. But what's going on for them is they were looking up at the places where other nations were sacrificing to their gods. And they were kind of doing this, this act of like, we see the ways in which um, people find strength and where people are turning to for help. But we lift our eyes past that. 
And we remember that our God and who we're made to know is the living God, the maker of the heavens and the earth. And this is what we get to do as we sing about his nature. We just remember that there are so many things I could turn to. There are so many things that have asked for my attention, that, um, that call for my allegiance. But I remind my heart um, that I serve the living God. And, and as we worship him for who he is, we are we, what happens to us is we're strengthened in the truth of who he is. Um, we're reminded of his nature. And uh, it puts everything in perspective, as it did for the people of Israel. So, firstly, we sing to glorify God, and a whole lot happens as we do. And um, this mic exchange is going really well so far. Um, secondly, uh, we sing to get God's truth deep inside of us. So, just um, to reframe it, like, God calls us to sing together and to worship together. And he does so with a lot of purpose. And he calls us to do it. And I want to suggest to you today, he calls us to do it so that he is glorified. And, and so that as we glorify him, we're strengthened and the world hears about who he is. That is certainly part of our calling, to sing, to declare his praise. But I guess what I want to, want to pitch is there's actually more reasons why God has called us to sing together in church. There's actually more that he's called us to. And one of the things that uh, I believe God... Well, God calls us to sing, and one of the things that happens as we, do, as we do that he's very aware of is the truth of who he is and what he's done gets down on, on the inside of us. Like the truth of God goes deep inside of us. When we sing, we're actually putting God's truth deep in our minds and bodies and spirits. Uh, in a lot of church traditions, and kind of like I saw some of it today, um, congregations recite catechisms or creeds, or like that call to worship was beautiful, the call and response thing. And creeds are statements of faith, like things that we believe as Christians. Um, most classic creeds are beliefs held by all Christian denominations. Like no matter what Christian uh, church you go to, like, like you know, the creeds would be things like, yep, we, we're there, you know. We declare these things that we hold on to, like Jesus rose from the dead. He's coming back as judge and savior. God is creator of the world, things like that. Um, but my, my church background and the church that I'm a part of, we don't often do this like by reading a creed, though to be honest, I'm kind of for it and I'm a pastor, so... Maybe we'll get there one day. Um, but I, I, uh, but, and I don't know what that looks like here, but often um, even churches that don't do creeds do them, even if they haven't acknowledged it, through the songs that they sing. And so creeds, um, creeds sound something like this, if you will. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Words from before the throne of God. Or, and the, this new one, King of Kings. Um, and the church of Christ was born. Then the spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. By his blood and in his name and his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. Or in Christ alone, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. And this kind of writing and singing is not something modern people came up with. It's inspired by the book of Psalms. It was, it was God's idea. <laughs> and it's always been the... Um, uh, sorry, the book of Psalms has always been the church's primary book of Psalms, songs, and it's filled with songs that are about getting God's truth deep inside of us, restating belief. Many Psalms aren't simply prayers as we tend to think of prayer. They're songs that rehearse truth. Like, 
like I said, when we sing about God's nature and sing to him, we're reminded of things that we need to know. But actually, some songs aren't even singing to God. They're literally just rehearsing the script. Like, they're, they're purposefully rehearsing the things that we don't want to forget, that we need to hold on to, that we're trying to build on. And so we're called to be people, I guess, to frame it again that way, who rehearse God's truth through song. Um, I did theater back in the day. And this must be a theater school because they got a really cool backstage situation going on. And we would rehearse songs over and over again. I was Tevye and Fiddler on the Roof before my voice changed. Ouch, you know. Um, and, uh, and I still know, somehow, I was like 13 years old, I still know uh, 90% of Tevye's lines in Fiddler on the Roof. Pretty crazy. And believe it or not, I could actually, if you wanted me to, except I still wouldn't, perform uh, the hit song Trouble from Music Man with a scary amount of confidence, but it's not going to happen. Um, but I'm trying to illustrate um, that singing sticks, right? We, we remember, like, it's weird. We remember the things that we sing, that we rehearse. And James K. Smith says it this way, singing is a mode of expression that seems to re reside in our imagination more than other forms of discourse. Partly because of cadence and rhyme, partly because of the rhythms of music, song seems to get implanted in us as a mode of bodily memory. Music gets in us in a way that forms um, of discourse rarely do. And like I said earlier, God knows this. He made it this way. Uh, so not only do we remember what we sing, we're shaped by what we sing. Like, things get in us, but then it actually, what gets in us forms us. And we're all smart. We get, we get, we get that that's a reality. What gets in us actually shapes us. And by singing together when we gather, we're able to insert true ideas deep into our being that end up shaping how we view ourselves, our faith, and our world. And, um, of course, you know, if, if you don't believe in God, this could just seem like a, well, it's a very, you know, a controlled thing. We're doing something to just, like, brainwash our, our minds. Um, but our belief is that God exists, and he made the whole cosmos. He made music, and he goes, this is a good idea. Uh, this is good for you. This is going to help you as my people. And this has been this ancient reality. This is going to help you actually rehearse what's true because you tend to forget. And so God does this. Uh, my grandpa was a man who spent his life worshiping God through song. And he used to be in a quartet. And it was an amazing harmonizer. Um, and he's one of the people that helped birth in me his love for worship and song. And when my grandpa was dying of Parkinson's in his 80s, uh, he could hardly speak. But he would still enter into songs that were sung. Like some of my family members, and maybe you have a similar story with someone you love or someone you've loved and just in the hospital and, and yeah, couldn't even speak. But then we just start singing his old favorite songs like, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. That was his favorite. And he'd harmonize. Like he still had it. It was still there. God, again, God, we believe God created us. He knows how we work. He knows how our minds work. And so he knows that this is good for us. One of the things we're called to do is to rehearse the truth. Of God. It illustrates for me, as a bit of a side, why good doctrine is far more important than style when it comes to music. It matters what we sing, because what we sing unifies us around truths. What we sing teaches us, whether we're realizing it or not, and what we sing sticks with us. God knows this, and he calls us to sing for this reason as well. Thirdly, we sing to help us pray together. We sing to help us pray together. Singing often facilitates corporate and personal prayer. And whether we realize it or not, we pray a lot when we sing on Sundays. Um, I didn't always think about singing as prayer, or at least I haven't always appreciated it as this. Uh, but the more I study it and think about it, the more I see 
often it is. Often, it's actually, it was true about some songs this morning. And we pray in all sorts, prayer is obviously a massive subject, but we pray in all sorts of ways. And, and again, God gives us singing to be a way to pray, to bring our hearts, to connect our emotions. And so uh, we intercede through song. We confess through song. We lament through song. We ask through song. We get honest through song. I run to the Father, you know. Uh, we, we're like, this is where I'm at. Fall into grace. Done with the hiding. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. We meditate through song. And we encounter God through song. And we consecrate our hearts through, through song. And so um, I'm going to illustrate this um, as well. Because if what I'm preaching is true, it theoretically will help us. So anyway, you got it. by singing, we'll remember it better. Um, so, you know, we do, so a song of intercession, like, you know, we have 21 days of prayer. Um, here's, here's one that. Um, sing, open up the doors and let music play. Let the streets hear some best song ever. Resound with singing. So we sing that. We sing, let there be light. Songs lead us in confession, like Lord, I come, I confess. That giveaway uh, on that one, and we sing, Lord, I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Um, or I don't know that song. To you, our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. or asking God for things, expressing longing in our heart. What was the one we did today? Um, it's like, I will bow down. As we 
sing together. And some songs just are straight up about leading us into encounter with the Spirit. And they're about waiting on the Lord, like, And God invites us through the song. We see this in the Psalms all the time. Like we pray as we sing. And then fourthly, we sing to encourage one another. And I'm looking at the time. We'll see if we get to point five. But I hope this is helping uh, stretch our hearts and imaginations around the gift of singing. And the fact that as we're called to sing, God's so intentional about what he's doing. Like he's not, you know, there's this truth about God that we believe. It's kind of like if God says do it, we do it. Whether it makes sense to us or not. But God's not a random God without intention or thought. He's very intentional. He knows exactly what he's doing. And when he calls us to be people who sing together and worship in this way, yes, uh, it's, he knows it's good for us to praise him. And yes, he's pleased by our praise. But he also knows this stuff does a lot of stuff for us and our faith and for the world around us. He's very intentional with inviting us to these things. So fourthly, we sing to encourage one another. Um, I have personally faced some incredible challenges the last couple of years of my life. And many of you have as well. And in times like these, faith is hard. And there are we don't feel like singing. Can I get an amen? Um, we don't feel like it. And maybe today is like that for you. And there's like a, I don't want to sing because I hate singing, period. But then there's also like, I don't want to sing because uh, I just, like, I don't, I'm not feeling it, you know? Um, I'm struggling to sing your good today. Um, I was recently studying Hebrews chapter 11, and it mentions just numerous people of faith throughout history that have continued to have faith through horrific things. And then at the end of it, um, maybe you're familiar, it says like, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses to the life of faith. And thank God for witnesses who've gone before us throughout history. But we also need witnesses now. And one of the reasons why we're called to sing, and one of the things that happens when we sing, is we're actually witnesses to one another. That God's worthy and that he is faithful. Like, when you're in a church community where you're known and you know others well and you're standing there through hard times, man, is it good for the soul to hear someone who you know has been through pain going, all my life you've been faithful. There wasn't a day you weren't by my side. And that helps me on days I doubt and I'm critical and I go, right, you were faithful to Mariah. You were faithful uh, to Jesse. Like that, and that stuff moves, okay, okay, Lord, man, you have shown, anyway, this is what, one of the things that singing is meant to do. We encourage one another as we sing, and the Lord's ordained it as such. We need witnesses that we rub shoulders with, that we talk to in community groups, in friendship, that we sing with on Sundays. And the picture I want to invite you into is that when you show up here on a Sunday and hear others singing, it is if you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. A cloud of witnesses to the fact that God's worth it. Imperfect people going through the mess of life, yet singing the songs of faith in the midst of the mess. That's one of the things that's happening. And maybe that reframes it for you today. Like a fresh invitation to like, like maybe you don't even make tons of sound, but you're like, I do, I'm going to, today I can sing these truths. And somebody else might be encouraged by that picture and that idea. Um, Colossians 3, um, one of the, coolest for me passages, <laughs> coolest for me, uh, Col Colossians, it's, um, 
passage on worship in the New Testament, and it speaks to this idea of encouraging one another through song. Um, 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And so we see this instruction for the New Testament church to sing to one another, not just to to praise God, which maybe almost sounds like, I don't know what it sounds like to you, but like part of why we're singing is to encourage each other, is to exhort one another in the faith. It's to remind one another of who he is. God set it up this way. Um, Some songs are just encouraging because like, or, or some, a way in which we're encouraged through song, and sometimes we're just like, man, I'm reminded of who he is, or there's a song that triggers something for you from when you were young or when you first encountered the Lord or whatever, and you're like, that encourages me. But some songs are literally exhortations to one another. If you pay it, actually, I thought about that in the call to worship. I'm trying to remember one of the lines. It was like, young and old, praise the Lord. I don't know if you know, there were, you know there was, he was exhorting you this morning. Like, he was like, as, he was like do this. And, and a lot of songs are meant to be that. They're meant to actually be like we're singing to one another psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, encouraging each other to praise the Lord. And the psalms are full of this language. Let me just riff on a bunch. Uh, one psalm says, sing to the Lord a new song, exhortation. Another, hope in God, exhortation. Delight yourself in the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Sing for joy, you righteous ones. Taste and see that the Lord is good. These are all encouragements exhortations, reminders. Um, And all these are examples of moments not sung directly to the Lord. They're songs sung to one another. And so with the Psalms as our guide, we often do this as we sing together when we gather. And I think you probably were encouraged this morning when that call and response thing happened. I I was in in a a very helpful way. I'm like, right, that's what I'm doing. I need that encouragement today. And and so maybe that's just a, a new way for you to think about your role and your calling in the midst of a very individualistic, consumeristic culture. We're all, by the way, this is not like a rebuke. We're all products of that. We all are consumers in ways we don't even realize. But it's good for us to recognize why does God call us to sing and to realize a lot of it, yes, it's to do with worshiping him. But it's oftentimes we think about our singing or our times of worship as like, what's best for me today? I do this all the time. I'm like, you know what I could use today? A sit down in a little reflect mode, which, you know what, sometimes that's awesome. But it's a good thing to remember and remind our hearts a big part of what we're doing as we come to sing is we're called to encourage each other. We're called to actually sing out in the midst of the room we're in declarations about who God is. Anyway, you you get what I'm saying, but just good to think about how are we, like, what things in my individualistic self is this countering? God's called us something far more than just our own expression. And we are at a time. So the last thought, we sing together to remember and give thanks. And Jason, you said we're going to do communion together today. Let me just say this very briefly, and then I'll invite the team can come on up now. Um, another thing that we do often when we sing together is we just remember. Uh, this is tied to, like, rehearsing God's truth, but it's, it's also very specific. It, it helps us remember um, the things that God has done in history. Uh, in, at our church, there's this little song that one of our worship leaders wrote and goes, for all you've done and all you're doing and all you will to do, we worship you. It sounds super basic um, and it's a beautiful song, but he wrote it in the middle of COVID when we, uh, like a year after we church planted and I'm an extrovert, so I hated that season of church planting. So when he sings it, it reminds me of the way in which God was faithful in COVID. I remember. And then I'm like, right, you know, he, 
yeah, he, I remember he was kind. He got us through. It was actually his, sov- his sovereignty. He meant it to be that way. Look at all the fruit. So we remember in, the, in a personal sense, but then lots of songs um, remind us of who he's been in a, in a more ultimate historic sense. And one of the main things we do, um, one of the main things songs do is they remind us of the cross. And they remind us that Jesus died. They remind us not just of like the doctrine we believe, but the time where he went to the cross, where he forgave us. We need to remember all the time. One time we were, what does Ephesians say? We were foreigners to the covenants of promise. Now we've been brought in. So songs teach us to remember. And so in summary, and I'll, I'll pray and hand it to the team, but um, I didn't do a very good forewarning considering this talk is about singing, so I apologize. Um, but it will feel really good singing after this, hopefully. Um, but I really, I, I think the if I could just summarize in a couple sentences or take a shot at it. As we think about calling, one of the things we're called to be is God's, is, is a, is God's corporate people gathered. And there's so many ideas of what church is or isn't, especially through COVID, like, you know? And um, I don't know if I've ever stood up in front of our church and be like, we, your attendance needs to go up. You know, I've, I, no one wants to do that. It's weird, it feels weird, you know? But actually there's this calling that we have in our lives to be God's gathered people. And we're doing something spiritual as we show up in the room. And we're doing something God intends as we show up, not just for ourselves, but for one another. And part of our calling in that corporate worship is to be a people who sing together. And I hope today has been helpful for you to see like some of why it's good that we sing together. And what God's, like God's purposefulness in him asking us to sing together. And I, I hope it gives you some imagination going forward of like what's happening in these times. You know, and it's not like I'm with my buddy Chris front row on a Sunday morning. I'm like, ascribe to the Lord, Chris. You know, you know, it's not like sometimes it can feel a little bit. But there is the sense we're being aware of what's happening. And what God intends does change the way we sing and engage. So, um, yeah, if you're able, let's stand together. And um, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you lead our hearts to recognize what's of you from this message and Um, what you're inviting us into. I pray that in in either a small way or a big way, this message would help this community grow into what you're calling them to be as a worshiping people. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it encouraged and blessed you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.